You are listening to Amina Amso Network Podcast. Kia ora and welcome to this week's episode where I am talking about pain. Mm-hmm. Not exciting. <laughs> Who wants to talk about pain? Um, but I, I think pain in personal growth um, is really important. And how you make a good experience out of a s- severe painful experience is so key for your personal growth. And it's actually going to help you become a better person. So this is this conversation is going to be inspired by um, John Maxwell. He's a leadership coach. John Maxwell is a leadership coach who's written a book called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. That's right. It's about um, – and uh, the um, – the chapter that we're going to be referring to is called The Law of Pain because every problem introduces a person to himself. Each time we encounter a painful experience, we get to know ourselves a little better. Pain can stop us dead in our tracks or it can actually cause us to make decisions we would like to put off and deal with issues we would rather not face and make changes that make us feel uncomfortable. So yeah, today's episode is, an ex, um, is a, um, a bit of an expression from that chapter and it demonstrates that even a bad situation can yield a positive growth if we make the right choices while experiencing it. And I have with me a friend who is from far, far away. And I'm just joking. He's not far (laughs) away. He's from Canada. um, And he joins me today. His name is Hudson Bivlo. Hudson, how are you going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Welcome to to my show. Yes, so good to have you again on uh, the Mina Amso live. I don't know. I had a different name last time you came on. (laughs) (laughs) Changing names often. But um, thank you for coming on the show today to talk about a difficult subject because, you know, pain, we've all gone through pain, right? And we've experienced it in different ways, shapes, sizes, and forms. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about the pain of the soul, of feeling like you didn't belong. That's a big deep pain i think a lot of us go through moments in our lives where we just feel like we don't belong that, that we, we don't have a purpose that there's we're feeling lost and knowing that we're not living up to who we could be and not knowing how to overcome that obviously now you you know you're enjoying a lot of peace and anxiety free um life and i would like to talk about how you get the, got there but um Talking about the pain of a soul that feels like it doesn't belong, that must have been painful whenever you experienced it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just to, to give the context, of course, like, um, I, of course, many people have experienced great suffering, and I know that my my experience of suffering and pain is uh, mm-hmm. is very probably very small compared mm-hmm. to some people in experience in the world, and that's true. But um, I still understand, you know, the degrees of some degrees of pain that can happen of uh, on the soul mm-hmm. when there's almost that that sense of like where do I belong and then feeling like time yeah. after time that the what you hope to give is is not given what you hope to give is shut down kind of like that little um, broken heart over and over again mm-hmm. I think everybody has tasted a broken heart at least if you're an adult already and so that's 
kind of the area that I'm going going towards. Not to dwell in that because, you know, I've you know we we move on and we grow with uh, as we learn to 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 negotiate those feelings and everything mm-hmm. and that pain. Um, but uh, yeah, this, I think for for me it was basically uh, many experiences. You know, when I was younger for various reasons mm-hmm. there, there was there was things that contributed to that sense of um, where do I belong where is my family where is my wolf pack where, and so you're there's that isolation and that lostness <laughs> yeah. and um, and then also finding like you know if, if you can't come to understand who you are because you don't know where you belong um, there's there's that that sense of loss of of knowing I could be doing something that is good, but mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like the sorrow of time being passed and, and knowing that you're definitely falling, uh, you're, you're falling below who you could be as a person. So it's, it's just something that it can be a weight on the soul, so to speak. I, uh, I really love what you um, are talking about because what really stood out for me is the word broken heart. And I think many people have different ways of experiencing broken heart. I think when I hear the word broken heart, I always think about relationships. Because <laughs> <laughs> how else are you going to get your heart broken unless uh, someone is there to do it for you? <laughs> <laughs> you can't Never break thought of that. <laughs> is that right? Like you can't break your heart. You can't, so you can't break your own heart. I guess, I guess you I guess, can drop yeah, it on the floor. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with 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 brokenheartedness, um, I suppose in, in a recent situation that um, and happened for you, but perhaps not doesn't have to be recent. But well, how did you deal with that sense of heartbrokenness and um, the the feeling of you are just feeling lost and it's there's not a lot of purpose going on? How did you navigate that? Sure, sure. Because I, I I understand brokenheartedness. I've been there before, and so um, I'll I'll recall one particular situation where there was a deep attachment, deep deep attachment to uh, one lady who was um, we were we were in a relationship, mm-hmm. and um, for reasons that were probably good reasons, uh, both of us decided to uh, to end it. Uh, and I think a lot of this had to do with the fact that neither of us had really begun to to journey through trauma, trauma, um, trauma recovery, let's say mm-hmm. steps, even though of course trauma is with us yeah. forever. It's about how we process it. Um, and so it was, I wouldn't say it was a bad thing that happened, but the inevitable, uh, the breakup, but the inevitable thing was dealing with the pain of the soul of, mm-hmm. of being, of, of thinking that there was no plan B, you know, and then, and then just the heartache from that. And I remember in particular, um, I, I ended up like after we, after we broke up the last time, cause mm-hmm. you know, on things like that, there's, there's sometimes it takes a while to like do the breakup, but it was like, we need to, to do this. We have to yeah. part our ways, uh, which of course, um, was very hard because, uh, I'll speak for myself having, um, let's say, um, um, I think, I think insecure attachment mm-hmm. as a foundation is a is, it seems to fit with a lot of my life, insecure attachment. Mm. Um, and I'm, I've learned about that and say, okay, I really need to hold on to uh, my rock solid foundations, which for me is having come back to the Catholic faith. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in that, so letting go of a relationship is is extremely or was extremely difficult. And I remember there being a new type of sorrow that I had never experienced before. And it was, um, I didn't ask to experience it. I've been, I've been through broken hearts before. But anyway, when I was driving away from that house, I stopped at the church, the downtown Basilica in Edmonton. And lucky for me, the doors were open. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to the side kind of area. And I just knelt before, you know, it's kind of where where the tabernacle is, but also to the side there was a photo of uh, I think it was the Divine Mercy, mm-hmm. uh, or or it was Mary with her heart pierced with swords, a sorrowful heart of Mary. I can't remember right now, but mm-hmm. anyway, I remember something overcoming uh, my whole experience there, and for the first time ever, I felt the like the the weight of grief just like just like encompass my entire soul. And that's when I realized that the pain of the soul is, is a more profound pain than the pain of the body. The pain of the soul is not localized to like a part, like here I cut my finger. Well, you know, mm-hmm. that pain is there on my body, but the pain of the soul is all encompassing. And then the other thing too, is that you don't know when it's going to stop. Like I can anticipate that the, a cut on my finger will heal in a while, but the pain on the soul, depending on the de- the de- the degree of of yeah. pain that it is right? who knows what it's dependent on yeah. we just don't know how long it's going to last and so think of those broken hearts people say uh, in time you know it takes time well they're not incorrect right but but there could be more things than simply time to to uh, to think about in terms of getting to a better place. So what happened for me in that moment in particular, this was like probably the deepest pain that I ever experienced was that it felt like there was like piercing, like it just felt like my soul was being like pierced Mm -hmm. and I I couldn't stop it. And I was, I was wailing, you know, Mm -hmm. not just crying, just wailing. And it was like, but it wasn't just about the relationship. I mean, that, that was maybe like a little bit about it. What it was, was there was like, hmm, I don't know, let's say the, the grief of of a whole life of the wounded little boy who didn't know where he fit in when he was little mm. to in his teens, like all and the crazy things like trying to make sense of the, the pain of the after the sexual abuse, mm. everything. And it was just like God gave me a moment to just pour it all out. And so in a sense, there was a sense of trusting God like I never had before. I remember like having my chest kind of out, just bearing it all while while allowing myself to grieve. And that mm is something I had never done before. And let me tell you, in in the course of enduring this pain and allowing your heart to be stretched outside of its comfort zone and just to to take those leaps of, of faith and to, uh, to trust that you can be vulnerable in ways to express that, um, that permission, permission to grieve, um, that was the first time I ever really did that. Mm. And I got to tell you that that was a massively impactful mm. Thing I re- recognize retrospectively that giving myself permission to grieve the sorrows of things that were had built up uh, yeah. was very important in in getting to a better place. Because let's say after I think maybe it was like two hours of this, it was a very long time. I uh, it just stopped. I got up and I walked out of the church and I was like, "It's lifted. Mm-hmm. The pain and the piercing from my soul had ceased." It was as though um, 
it was as though I had been permitted to suffer in this way for, for some d- amount of time. And, and I had done my best to just be present in that. Mm-hmm. I learned from, I'd learned from a priest once in confession. He said, um, basically like, he, this is the phrase he said, he said, savor the pain, right? It doesn't mean like go looking for it, but it's like, when it comes, just, just do what is hard and be present in the pain, allow it to just stretch your heart in ways that you, you you might not want, but you know it's good for you, right? And this, this these are the foundations to which I think I realized that, well, okay, there's one thing to cope with the pain, another thing to heal with the pain of, in any context, but then it's another thing to, to, to have been transformed by the pain so that you're not the same person on the other side of that. And as such, if you're making decisions that are connected to hopeful ch- charity, you can be a far greater servant to people from that. Can I just say how excellently dis, um, articulated this this answer? I think uh, Hudson, you're one of the <laughs> the most amazingly articulate people I know. You have such a gift for being able to uh, describe um, moments and things. So. It's definitely a gift. So, and a gift hasn't you haven't. Uh, it's being given to you. So that's really good. Thank you so much, Oakley. Thanks. You know what? I did not have that written down, and I wasn't anticipating saying that. But, but yeah. if, if it could be used, it could be used to help. I don't know. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, and so you talked I'll about permission to grieve. I think that's really um, what stood out to me when you were sitting in the church and you um, sort of almost like sort of crying and wailing also and just having that raw moment with God and perhaps you were, you know, maybe angry as well at uh, the situation and you just feel like it's not fair perhaps. And um, you, you, how did you, when you walked out of that church, did you obviously you still had you know, your heart sort of feeling heavy and broken and, or was it like you, when you, when you had that moment of releasing through the, through, through the crying and all that, um, did it help you to have, um, um, that sense of like, I don't know what I'm trying to ask you here. I'm trying to ask, did it continue? Did the pain continue to 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 linger after that church experience? Uh, Mina, what what why this like is so impactful to me, and I understand. I it helped me understand in a little way, like how mm. how things work and how how God works. I mean, I don't know is is mystery in total, but here's the thing: I mm. it was I was kneeling there in this state of deep pain, and then it was as though you know, like a little microwave timer bell went off, ding, and it was lifted. That's mm-hmm. that's what it's like. And I remember thinking that, like, mm-hmm. it's like that's it, it's gone. And being and and just feeling like knowing that I can now move on healthily. And it's not to say that you know there's not like a memory or a or mm-hmm. a you know or a temptation to go back. Uh, Mm-hmm. or you know like back in the, to go to what's familiar or to who you've been invested with you know it's, those things I think are human things because we desire a relationship and we mm-hmm. go to where we know but the pain was gone the heartache of the soul was gone the piercing arrows that were like 
burning my soul were gone. And so, I mean, like I, I was walking, I walked out and I walked down the steps of St. Joseph to, to leave. And I just felt like, uh, you know, that, that meme where the guy's just kind of like walking and he's kind of happy looking like that's, I felt that. Yeah. And I, I just, I hadn't, I knew that it didn't come from me because it's, it's that had never experienced before. And there was something there that took that suffering away on a spiritual mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew it wasn't me because I don't know how to do that. I mean, if I knew how to do that, I would have like, you know, not yeah. suffered to begin with, but it, yeah. Um, I just, I just thank God. I, I know that God was involved in that. And, and it was a, a serious lesson for me about how important it was to, it was one step closer to learning how I, I could just trust God and then just, and just, just learn to trust God. I didn't, I wasn't anger. There was no anger mm. in it. But like, why is this happening to me? It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was more like, I just needed, I was just focusing on trying to be present mm. in the pain. And I think that was, that was, I mean, it sounds like ridiculous advice because we're taught to like escape pain and mm-hmm. shoot for comfort. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think that not being afraid to enter into the pain um, is the more difficult thing to do. And, but it's far more rewarding in the long run. That's uh, right? interesting. Take- That's an interesting point of that. I'm going to cut you here and, um, bring that up to the surface is that you're saying we want to enter into the pain. So um, a lot of people listening thinking, well, you know, um, if, if, if they, the ones who believe in God, they say God doesn't intend for us to be in pain. He's a good God. Why would he do that? And so we don't need to be like pain free. And the, the folks who don't really um, have a, a sense of, or don't really um, do believe in God, they think, well, no, I mean, it's life is supposed to be enjoyed and you're supposed to be happy all the time. And I want to do it. Um, all I want to do is just not have pain um, chasing me and I'll just do whatever it takes to, to run away. You see something quite paradoxical um, in the sense that you want to step into the pain that you have, that it's actually a good thing to experience that. How do you enter it into, how do you stop resisting and allow yourself to feel it, go through it, go through the process, grieve it and, and, and move. How, how was it for you actually? That, that's a big, that's a big question. Uh, maybe just to, to back up real quick, uh, just, you know, like, I, I, I don't think that God desires that we should feel pain mm. and suffering. Um, but we know that there's like things that he permits. So it's permissive will and, and the suffering is a part of that. Um, you know, why does that little kid get cancer? Why was that person sexually abused and so forth? Right. Yeah. And, and I, I do not say things like, well, um, everything happens for a reason. I think that's actually a false statement. I think that things happen, suffering occurs amongst people, could be through nature to, um, you know, like a natural disaster. Suffering happens, but we can assign it a purpose Mm -hmm. if we know what we can do with it, right? If we don't know how to process pain, then all it becomes at best is something for us to endure and hopefully not become bitter about bitter or angry and i mean i spent lots of my years earlier being resentful and angry Um, resentment came out of that after being molested uh, as a teenager right 
um, it's still a few years of my life that that resentment. And I was like, I don't want to live being resentful towards suffering. That's that's what I can see now with as looking back. Like I didn't have the language to even express that back in the day. So yeah, I just wanted to clarify that because I there's some people out there who think that, oh, you're Catholic, you have some sadistic God that wants his people to suffer. And that's not true. That's not true. But it's more like because we have free will, we know that we humans will inflict suffering on other people because of our choice to reject God and cooperate with the the dark side, the demonic realm, mm. which is going to cause damage to humanity. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, so God wants us to li- live a life that is joy, but we can also experience joy amidst pain. And I think that now that's paradoxical and it's not, again, it's not to seek it out, but if it comes, if we can handle it in a way that is, let's say, a gift to others, then, then there that is a better way than just internalizing it and becoming resentful. Uh, take for example, you know, okay, you know, um, there's an earthquake, and you know, a father shields his little son from the falling roof. The father takes the brunt of the falling roof, mm. gets injured, but his son is safe. You know, mm. so he he took the pain. And he, but he did it in a sense that is giving to others. Does that make sense? Kind yeah, of. And that's that's kind of that's kind of the idea. But in the faith context, now this came through like years of ongoing conversion and and getting to know Jesus Christ and stuff like that. It's like, well, the short story is that um, any type of suffering that we I've come to know that any type of suffering that we experience on Earth doesn't have to just end there. It can be used as it can be offered to the Lord as as a gift. Say yes, Lord, you I, I offer this to you as a penitential gift. Please take my, the offering of my heart while I endure this suffering as a gift for me, because we know that a father, a loving father, gives back to his children in ways far more profound than what we could ever give to him. So all of that we wrap up in our heart and give to the Lord especially in the most difficult of times, he pours out back to us and humanity in ways far more impactful. Mm. And that is that the showering of grace upon humanity. Now in the divine mercy, uh, St. Faustina's divine mercy, uh, one of the snippets talks about how God does pour out graces upon people who aren't even asking for it. And I, I imagine that my initial conversion was a part of that where I, I was closed to so many things to do with God. And, but somehow I was just blown right open and, and that helped me accept the love that Christ was offering me, which ultimately tying back to the pain of not wearing, not knowing where I belonged, it helped me know exactly where I belong, which has to do with being a, a brother of Christ and, and just, and getting to know that in that family of knowing Jesus Christ, like, all sense of purpose is fulfilled. All sense of belonging is fulfilled. Of course, I fall short of the perfect fulfillment, but at least I know what to strive towards. And there's such a great reward in doing so because everything I do, I can orient towards that. And through encounters, let's say, I, I have an unshakable uh, I have an unshakable foundation 
of knowing that that is his, his love is true. He, Jesus Christ is God. I, I, there's no going back for me. And I'm, I won't explain the depth of that right now, mm-hmm. but I know that. And so all I want to do is fulfill that position of that God has allowed me to encounter so that I can give back. And so when it comes to suffering and, and I have had a quite a comfortable life and I've had a broken heart here and there, but look, my house isn't getting bombed. I don't have wars coming where I am. So like, again, I, I, my suffering is like this compared to other people, but there has still been suffering. I mean, in ways, um, but I want to give that back to the Lord and that's where the peace comes. So like all the anxieties have, have gone. The bitterness has turned towards betterment. Uh, it's a desire to, to, to shift from looking inward at myself and saying, why me? To looking at the world and say, you know, how can I use this to serve others? And if, if what I can give back to God is, is, is the, is the, is something that he will give back to humanity with by showering the world with grace in the ways that he sees fit, then that is the best. Because what greater thing could I give than a little bit of a gift back to God that he can give back to humanity in the ways that he sees fit with his power, you know? Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Until next week, hairira.